0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Okay, everybody, um, it's one o'clock and um, welcome to our webinar on the 29th of september it's very nice that you've joined us and as usual we're recording this so it will be a podcast later um on the on the, on your podcast platform and, and we will just keep doing these every couple of weeks um with some sort of topical information um as soon as we feel that they're useful to you and we know a lot of you listen afterwards um, so obviously they are useful so but do give us any feedback uh, anything in particular you'd like us to cover um and that would always be helpful for us and i'm going to um, start off straight away with um, handing straight over to um,
1: Lisa. Thank you. Okay thanks Louise. Um, this morning we're going to start just by covering and sort of acknowledging some of the, the issues that practices have had to face in the media recently and some of the issues that you've you've probably all experienced around patient feedback and patient um, abuse sadly. So we thought perhaps it might be helpful to cover a couple of things. I'm, I'm going to look at what the regulations allow you to do and some of the practical things that you can do. And then I'm going to hand over to Michelle, who's going to cover some of the more positive elements of what's going on, particularly around some of the media work that's happening locally and nationally. Um, So I just sort of start off with a bit of a reminder, really, for people around what you can do uh, within the regulations where patients are perhaps being abusive or aggressive um, and we link this uh, to our zero tolerance page and our guidance page is on the website. So all of this information is, is on our website. So no need to take notes. Um, but I'll just run through it just for completeness. So I'm referring to the GMS and the PMS regulations from uh, 2015. Um, And there are two particular elements that you're probably all aware of where you can take action if if you need to do so. Um, So the first one is really uh, around where there might have been a breakdown in the relationship between the contractor and the patient. Um, So anything that you do needs to be on a non-discriminatory basis, of course, um you can state that, that there has been an irrevocable irre- breakdown in the relationship, so I can't say that word, between the patient and the contractor. If you wish to do that, then you have to have given a written warning within the previous 12 months um, that tells the patients um, that they risk being removed from your list and why. Um, There are some exceptions to having to do that unless you think there's a particular risk of harm to the patient or it's simply not practical to put something in writing. But in general terms, you do need to put something in writing. If you do that, you need to keep a record of your actions. A date of the warning needs to be recorded and the the reasons why you've issued a warning um, or why that warning wasn't given in writing. Um, If then the, the patient um, repeats behavior, unacceptable behavior, then you can re- remove them, and that removal will take place on the eighth eighth day after the, after notice given to the board or or to the commissioner. Um, so that's one element that you can do. Um, the element, the other element, is obviously the violent patient um, removals, which is a little bit more specific. That relates to an immediate removal. this is where a patient has committed an act of violence or has behaved in such a way that any relevant person has feared for their safety. So that could be the safety of of the practice staff. That could be the safety of other patients within the practice. Um, You do need to have reported that incident to the police um, in a timely way. Um, And then you... You instigate that process via PCSE and there is information on the PCSE website around how you do that. And we can put in the link uh, so you can access that. So I'll I'll pop the the link in there in a minute. Um, Again, the patient should be informed unless it's not practical or you believe that it could be harmful to the patient's physical or mental health or safety of the practice or anybody within the practice to do so. So that's just a sort of general mind around what the regulations allow you to do. Um, What we've also provided on our website and which number of practices I know have used in the past is a sort of a patient agreement or or a behaviour agreement. Um, And we do have a very basic template that you can um, use if you'd like to um, that just gives you some some ideas of where you may want to start. Um, We often suggest that practices perhaps within that Have a either conversation with the patient or set out in writing what the patient can expect from the practice in terms of what is reasonable around access and behaviours, perhaps what they can do to to mitigate some of the patient's anxieties, which might be having a dedicated senior person on the reception desk that they deal with, perhaps longer appointment times if that's practical and appropriate or a particular practitioner to deal with. And equally, what the practice expects from the patient, so what behaviours the patient should abide by um and and to really reiterate that the practice has a duty of care not just to that individual but to all their patients and to all their staff so that's just a little bit of information around behavior agreements um I think we put it in last week's newsletter but the BMA has um, just published a toolkit um, of resources for practices which is is worth having a little look at if you've got two seconds to do that they do um, have a sp- um, a specific area where they talk about online abuse, as sadly that's becoming more and more commonplace. So that's really relates to online behaviour by patients, their family or friends, um, which is unwarranted and intended to upset, bully, or cause distress or, or agitation, aggravation. Um, that can be any any means of, of online, it can be via phone, a tablet, any device. Um it can obviously apply to things like social media, text, Instagram, Facebook, any sort of medium that they choose to use. And it, it generally relates to two or more abusive posts online, which, as I say, cause distress or alarm. Um, in theory, the victim can take action under criminal law and civil law if, if it becomes serious enough to do so. Um, getting a criminal conviction is often quite difficult, however. So um, what the BMA suggests is that the practice set out to staff what support is available from from the practice, that you have a practice policy around this. Um, If you do have an instance where this happens, it's really important to try and record it. So take screenshots, record the information, record what's happened, um, report the abuse normally that's going to be reported to you as the practice manager or the deputy practice manager. Um, In terms of what you can do, it's quite good to have a conversation with your DPO so that you're covered from a GDPR perspective. Um, Obviously, investigate what's going on um, and act swiftly, ideally, if you can. Um, If the activity is taking place online, generally we try and say try and diffuse it try not to get involved in a sort of an online conversation where lots of people are viewing that information try and take it offline if you can with a direct contact to the individual if you have that information or you can advise them or you can identify them Um, And again, if you're in any doubt around any of the data protection elements, the ICO or your DPO should be able to advise in terms of what you can do. Um, Sometimes you may want to go to your MDO to get further advice. We're always really happy to talk to you about individual cases um, if you'd like to chat it through or get some advice from us. Um, Potentially can become appropriate to remove that patient um, under the, the breakdown in the relationship that I've just talked about. So that does happen from time to time. Um, and even if um, that takes the form of a complaint, if, if that complaint is taking the form of a personal attack on, on a member of staff, potentially that can constitute a breakdown in the relationship. Um, and as I've touched on, you can report it to the police. And although a conviction is... is sadly not often secured sometimes the police will be prepared to intervene and speak to that individual um, so if you can take a look at the BMA toolkit it's, it's quite useful and just has some useful practical pointers that you might find helpful um, so on that and slightly gloomy now just sort of covering some of the practical elements I'm now going to pass over to Michelle who's going to touch on some of the more positive elements that are happening locally and nationally around some of the media work Michelle.
2: Thanks, Lisa. So, as, she, as Lisa has said, we're going to touch on the positives. And actually, it's quite shocking when you hear of the incidents that have happened, for example, in Manchester, where three people were. Uh, hospitalized as a consequence of an interaction with a patient and also when you look at the IGPM information and a survey they did that 75% of practice staff will have experienced abusive and aggressive behavior from patients so what we wanted to do was look at the positive work that's being undertaken so as an LMC I don't know if people are aware and you may have already seen it I think we tweeted it um, Gareth Bryant, our acting CEO, undertook an interview with uh, BBC Radio Wiltshire and to try and provide a balanced picture and actually the reality of what actually is happening in general practice, which I believe was really well received. As an LMC, we are working with CCGs and the communications teams to look at offering information that um, you can use as a practice that you can put on your websites. And Louise is going to come on to some work that we're looking at in a second. All of what we're saying, um, Louise is also going to cover uh, where you can find it on our website as well. We're going to have a dedicated page for all of this. Also, I don't know if people are aware. Yesterday, in BBC South Today, there was a really a good interview undertaken, which it's worth having a look at. I believe it was under it was put on at lunchtime and also in the evening. I think the evening one was a longer segment, which gives a felt it was given a really fair representation of what genuinely is happening in general practice. That you are working extraordinarily hard, um, and the negative press that you are receiving is really unjustified. Also to highlight that there's been a letter from the BMA uh, to the House Secretary highlighting the raising concern around tackling the wave of growing abuse. And they were asking for three specific things. They were asking for an urgent meeting um, with the BMA um, GP committee, attendance at an emergency summit to discuss the levels of abuse being faced and looking at the legislation that um, is associated with assaults on emergency workers. And then to also condemn the onslaught of the abuse and media scapegoating that currently is happening with general practice. And actually, there has been a meeting. So the GPC have met with the House Secretary, thought it would be useful just to highlight some of the discussions that have taken place as a consequence of that. So, the opening uh, statement says that there was a robust and frank frank meeting which highlighted the serious demand to morale and that the fear that many GPs and practice staff on the front line must stop. Urgent action to challenge the abuse that GPs and their staff face and to support the whole general practice workforce, as I've mentioned about the the legislative change to better protect the workforce. They stress the need for the government to explain the, to the public why healthcare workers are working in this way, and we actually are looking at that with one of our CCGs. We've identified an example from a CCG elsewhere who have produced a, a podcast or a video that looks at why uh, general practice is working in this way. It also looks at um, how uh, the different roles within the teams within general practice and what they what they can signpost to. So instead of saying everybody needs to see a GP, it's about looking at the whole practice team and what they can offer. And we are working with CC- CCGs on looking at how we can use, have that message and share it with your, our practices. They also mentioned about telephone consultations that this is actually offers a mix of access and also the longer term premises developments, which a lot of practices are struggling with premises and being able to hold patients in their waiting rooms uh, in light of all the infection control that you're currently working under. And then finally, the NHS Confederation have also offered their support in a statement um, and standing, by, standing with primary care and to uh, where they stand and wavering in support of the vital contribution of our primary care members. Um, and it was really just a highlight that you're working extraordinarily hard and that we are, we are here. So if there's anything you need, please do contact us. And that Louise is now going to talk a bit about the work that we're doing and what's going to be available on our website.
0: Thanks, Michelle. Um, Yes, just just to let you know, um, one of our current members of the team, um, Joanna Wells, she's now going to be doing two days a week on some media and comms for us. Um, It's becoming more and more important. So she's just beginning that role now. Um, And so we will work more with that. And I just wanted to share with you quickly um, just going to share my screen just the page that we were talking about um, so you can see this is our zero tolerance page um, which is just on, on the um, I've just a link in the chat actually um, and obviously I know you can't see it now but what we've done is we've used some of the leads CCG campaign which was all talking about abuse is not in a day's work and we've made these images we've got permission for this and one of the things is about using images on your website is you must always have permission there's copyright people looking for that sort of thing so we've got permission to use these and for you to use them on your website, and there are editable Word document versions of these. If you wanted to use those with your own photographs of your own staff, then please do, and we are going to do more of that sort of work. Um, We're going to have a section on our website called Communicating with Your Patients, and we will put up posters like that. Um, as I say, some text that you can use. It's One of the things is, a lot of the images on the website are very shiny, smiley, white-teethed people and we know you're all very shiny and very smiley, but sometimes it doesn't look very realistic of um, the GP practice staff and the teams that you represent. It looks very secondary care-focused and quite American. So, trying to get some realistic photographs but if you can have your team, it's about your team and supporting you, then I think that's even more impactful. But we will try and do as much as we can to help you with that. So, as I said, we'll have a a page called communicating with your patients we as an lmc are meeting with health watch um, covering all our patch again to try and look at how can we get messages across and out there via patients or fire any way we possibly can to help you and get the correct accurate messages across because um, we all know how hard you're working and what you're doing and a lot of your patients know too but sadly it's very hard um, not to just listen to the angry ones and not to listen to the, to the complaints all the time In October, we set up a webinar, um, 12th of October, 9.30 to 11.30, with one of the medical defence organisations talking about preventing and handling complaints for practice managers. So please sign up to that if that would be helpful. Looking at the handling um, procedure, the complaints, um, NHSE complaints, managing responding to complaints effectively and there'll be some opportunity for discussions. So if you would like some help on that or you would like, or got a new member of the team handling the complaints for you or perhaps somebody from the PCN, do sign up for that and if we get a waiting list, we can always put another one of those on. Um, Lisa mentioned a little bit about media presence. I think that it's a new world for a lot of us about how much social media is being used and how to react to it and how to use it to our greatest effect. So, um, Michelle referred to um, an interview that Gareth Bryant did um, just last week with um, Radio Wiltshire. We also did a press release which got quite a lot of publicity um, in August. And it was this company, uh, Mosaic, that helped us write the press release. So, they're coming to do a lunchtime webinar with us um, introduction to the changing face of the media, how to recognize and developing your key messages and delivering your key messages by a traditional route, so print radio and TV, but also messages on social media, how to create the content, advertising and responding to negative posts. So if you'd like a little bit more um, help in that direction, please attend that webinar. So that's on the 5th of November at lunchtime. We do, as I say, with Joanna and our team now, we, we are putting more face, Facebook posts up. We are doing more on Twitter. We are now looking at Instagram. So do sort of retweet that sort of thing because that sh- saves you sort of developing the content um, and do use as many resources as we've got that we can share with you to try and get that. Because as we know, if you can put out some positive um, images and some positive uh, messages, then it might save some phone calls coming in and it might save a little bit of traffic for you Um and this hopefully will help your PPGs too. Um, as I say, our meeting with Healthwatch, we're hoping particularly will help the meetings with PPG and we will share everything we've got with you for that. So again, hopefully that's going to be helpful for you. Um, we're going on a little bit to um, a little bit more detail now. Um, Dawn, I think you're going to share with us and I think I'm going to hide now because we're going to say PCSE, aren't we? Yes.
3: Yes. Thanks, Louise. Um, th- that's my pleasure today to um, give you a message from the BMA about PCSE um, and pensions in particular. Um, so, the BMA have said they are aware that around two thousand practices um, did not have pension deductions taken from one or more GPs um, from when the GP, the new GP payment pension system started in June through to. August this year. Um, PCSE have informed the BMA that the majority will have the deductions in total taken from payments um, to practices during this month's payment run. And PCSE also say they have communicated this to the affected practices, um, but but the BMA are keen that this is understood. Um, They have advised um, the practices will also receive a separate statement with details of the pension deductions being taken um, so that you will be able to compare both statements that you'll have to look at your, obviously, your incomes and your deductions. <clears throat> I won't say any more on that at the moment. Um, fingers crossed. So, uh, moving swiftly on to flu. Um, Just a couple of little updates on flu in case you've missed it. I'm sure you haven't and I'm sure you are aware, but you do need to sign up to CQRS to make sure you can claim for your payments for any um, flu uh, service you give to your patients. Um, And you do need to make sure you've signed up to CQRS by the close of play on the 30th of September. So that's just tomorrow. But I'm sure you've probably already all done that. Um, Another little reminder is around the uh, flu box can't say, flu block uh, vaccine, that's the Q-I-V-R. That particular vaccine, if you are expecting or going to be receiving any of that, um, it does come without a needle. Um, So you are just reminded to make sure that you have a sufficient stock of needles. Uh, and something may be useful dependent upon your patient population. The British Muslim Council um, have kindly updated their children's flu uh, fatwa um, that Public Health England said was used last year by quite a few practices um, and was useful um, when having conversations with any Muslim patients about the fluence tetra vaccine, because I'm sure you'll know it does contain a small element of porcine. porcine porcine gelatine. Um, I'm going to put a link to that in our flu top tips. So, if you want to download the resource and use it, it's it's there for anybody that would like it. Uh, Now, the last um, item I was just going to mention um, that's come to light, you may or may not know about this. It's for emis practices only. So, emis flu searches. Uh, we're advised that these are actually based on the PRIMIS specifications rather than the enhanced service specification of the business rules. Um, and it's the business rules, as we know, that are used for the um, extraction of flu data via GPES to CQRS. There is an, in, uh, an article on EMIS Now, which I'm sure as an EMIS practice you'll be aware of. Uh, you will need to log into your EMIS Now um, account to be able to read or see the article. Um, but it says there are some searches within the EMIS population reporting, which should help you identify any incorrect coding. Um, I won't go into all of that because obviously if it affects you, you'll want to go and have a look. However, if any of you use Arden's templates. Arden's have confirmed that their searches do align to the National Enhanced Service Specification and GPES guidance. So, if you are using Arden's, you should be okay. But for anybody with an is practice not using Arden's, you might want to go and have a look at that article. And if I give that to Louise, I'm sure Joe will be kind enough to put the link against the podcast so that you can go in and have a look, should you wish to or need to. And that's all from me, I think, Louise, today.
0: Thank you, Dawn. That's great. Um, so there's one comment in the chat got an email from PCSC, but didn't say which practice or which GP, still a 15 month old issue not dealt with so it's just we share your frustration um dawn have you got any magic wands that you can just no.
3: wave in that cc's direction i don't have a magic wand um but the uh, issue they're talking about um with that the bma uh, have referred to around the 2000 practices that's about the new payments online system that went live in june as we know um we won't say any more about that at the moment however um any pension issue outside of that and i would suggest obviously a 15 month old one is far too long um if you'd like to send us in any details um if you haven't got my personal email address at work send it to office they'll forward it on um and we can have a look at it and st- Or ask our colleague, we have a colleague at the GPC, if there's anything they can help us with. So please do send us in and let us know about it. So that was from Gillian. So Gillian, do send that in. Um,
0: We will help whenever we possibly can. Um, A message um, from Jenny Dox just said COVID. Do we have a code yet for patients who should be having a third primary COVID vaccine rather than a booster? We've had a few requests now from consultants to add them to this mythical list. I'm not really sure what it's all about. So any of the panel know what this and um, this uh,
3: say, so not, not a booster, I, but a third COVID vaccine. Um, I don't know the actual answer, but I am on the WhatsApp group um, that, that Nigel has in Hampshire and the Isle of Wight for the COVID vaccine. And actually, somebody asked that question only very recently uh, and, and they were going away to have a look at it, is the honest truth. So that's not really the answer. But um, there are other people asking that question as well.
0: So the reassuring thing is, Jenny, you haven't missed anything. Um, but the unreassuring thing is we don't know the answer. But as soon as we do know the answer, we will share it with you. Um, so thank you for your question. Um, there aren't any other questions today. So quite a quick one today. And um, We're aware that you all are doing a phenomenal amount of work. And there's not so much new coming down, which is why we shared the complaints information, which is obviously an ongoing thing. Um, But we know you're working extremely hard and we just want to thank you for all you're doing. And we will see you again in a couple of weeks time. Um, So thank you very much to Lisa and Michelle and Dawn. And um, thank you very much for your attendance. And um, we'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks. Bye bye. Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.